Welcome back to Don't Be Strangers, a podcast and community focused on fighting adult loneliness by deepening our connections with ourselves and others. If you're into personal development and believe there's something to be learned from everyone, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Shinyi, and I typically meet my co-hosts for the very first time while recording. If this sounds fun to you, please consider applying to co-host a future episode. I am diligently trying to clear my backlog of recordings from last year so that I can start recording new episodes again, and I'm proud to say I'm basically all caught up. After this, I have one more episode from last year, and then I'll feel situated to reevaluate the direction of my podcast. If you've been here from the beginning, you'll know that very quickly this project transformed from a podcast to that of a community. And speaking of communities, the co-host today is actually from another community that I'm part of for Digital Nomads. I have never spoken to Emil prior to this call, but I had put out a post asking for a co-host in the Digital Nomad community Slack channel, and that's how we connected. Just from first impressions, I love how candid Emil was regarding his failures. His approach to life is definitely very bold, but extremely inspirational. And the way he analyzes and thinks about different situations is so fascinating. I felt like I learned a lot in the process of editing and reviewing this particular conversation. In it, we cover keeping things perfect but in your head versus letting things change but making it reality, how Emil failed 137 times in his job search before eventually landing his current job, conversations to have in romantic relationships, especially as a nomadic soul, is it possible to learn how to talk to anyone, and how to create value from connecting with others. With that, please meet Emil. Hi, my name is Emil Kais. I am a software consultant for a Chicago-based um, JavaScript consultancy or firm. Agency is probably the better word. And I've been a digital nomad on and off for a couple of years. Right now, I'm just traveling around for the foreseeable future. Right now, just chilling in uh, Spain, Tenerife. One of the first things I actually really want to ask is, like, you're actually kind of at a super interesting stage with what you're doing. And I'm like, how are you feeling now that you're in like this like middle of growing, like you're scaling a community? And I feel like there's a lot of questions that people have like ask themselves as they're doing or scaling up because this kind of feels almost like a business, but kind of not. Like, do you feel like you're taking the right steps? Do you feel like there are right steps even? Or is it just like a doing my thing? Yeah, I definitely feel like <laughs> feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like that's a pretty typical response. But the thing was, like, I started this project initially just as a podcast purely because I was like, oh, I like talking to people and I like talking to strangers. I like deep conversations um so let's just try this and see where it goes and then i think a couple months into it i was like this is really really cool but frustrating because i think i have a tendency to want to connect people and so even though i was connecting with people through the podcast like i had the advantage of speaking to these strangers it wasn't exactly as if anyone else was making connections right like the listeners would just like listen to us but it's not necessarily like they're making a connection with me or with like my co-host and so out of that I started a digital pen pals club just to like kind of bring back long format writing um and then that kind of turned into a discord channel and then now it's more of a community and I try to focus primarily on the community first and like the podcast is just like what started it but it's just more like the supporting fun side project now honestly i think of it more as like the side thing than the main thing but in terms of scaling yes there's been like a lot of struggles i constantly feel 
like you mentioned, it's kind of like running a business, except that the, it's like nonprofit because literally it's just all like volunteer. I think scaling is something that I keep thinking about because my end goal is to have this be a globally known resource for people to find and create their own communities. Because my ideal customer persona, if we're gonna be like technical <laughs> okay. or whatever, um, are adults who are students of life and very open-minded and obviously into deep questions. With that in mind, I am also hoping to create like physical city chapters all around the world. So first and foremost, it will be like a virtual platform where people can like plug in and then find other people from around the world. But then ideally, you would also be able to find people where you are at, like in Spain, for example, and then be able to say like, hey, let's meet up because we met each other through Don't Be Strangers. And then maybe create like a physical city chapter of some sort. Yeah. Primarily targeting people who are not digital nomads, but digital nomads can also take advantage of the people in different uh, cities as well. Have yeah. you ever heard of like, there's a networking event called Fuck Up Nights. So it, it basically started, if I'm recalling it, and I apologize to the person who organizes it in Toronto, the city where I'm from, she uh, was saying that like it started in like Mexico City. And it was just like a bunch of people that would go like they're kind of creating businesses and kind of failing. So they'd meet up for like tequila or mezcal or something. And then they would keep talking about like their failures. And so the fuck up nights is really just talking about really failures. It slowly like grew into like this sort of event because um, there were other kind of business people. She eventually like ended up attending one of them in like Mexico. She's like, yeah, this is so amazing. I'm going to start doing one in Toronto. And like for me, that was like probably one of the best events like I go to. Because it's three speakers, each of them are telling you about random stuff that's going on. It could range, you have no idea what they're going to talk about. Like, it could be like, I lost $10 million. Or it could be like, I just broke up with an ex at this terrible time and I was doing this and this happened. And like, it could be so like emotionally gripping. It could be so many different things. You have no idea what to expect. But it's, it's really a lot of fun. And like, that community grew basically from that Mexico event. And then now it's like worldwide. The person that runs it, I think Marsha, but that's only like Toronto. There's still like freaking 500 probably other people just like doing these events. Is that something that you see like you kind of want to be doing, like kind of extending it in that sense? Yeah, definitely. Ideally, there would be people within the community that organically someone like Marsha would find or like attend one of my events and be mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, like I want to kind of champion this somewhere else. Exactly. So yeah, it's like because I don't want to be I don't want to be the one who's like, Hey, I mean, although I could also, I mean, there's so many different ways <laughs> you could do this, right? But, I'll do everything. If I, I need think, to do everything, I'll do it. <laughs> ideally, people would just like resonate with the message and, yeah. and want to like carry it forward. Do you ever feel like if somebody takes, like continues a message that you created, if the message that they do changes or like they put forth changes, do you feel like the original idea gets lost a little bit? Or do you feel like that's just part of the process? This is something I ask a lot of creatives, by the way. <laughs> I, I think it would really depend on the scope of the collaboration. I'm super down for big kid energy, which is like my mantra for life. Whatever changes you're doing intentionally and from a good place, then like go for it. Because if you're taking the message and like you're putting your spin on it, 
then I think that's really really cool but if you're taking it and like trying to defame it like then I guess like obviously that's kind of disrespectful so I would be hurt (laughs) (laughs) yeah it makes sense I've been doing a lot of writing and I always struggled with like trying to ask for help and it was always like this thing where like if I have somebody collab on something like writing for example I felt like the original idea might be changed and like there's like the creative part of me was like that's my baby like don't change it it needs to be exactly how i thought it and i was like thinking one night because i was so overwhelmed like i had to become like an art director very quickly and i was like i don't know what to do about art here's a photo here's a description i hope you get it right (laughs) and like i don't want to be too dickish on like people's time so i'm kind of like yeah i think it's good i'm like it's not good but i don't know what to tell you um but I worried, like, at least with art, I could imagine a picture. I could see if it's good or bad. But writing was kind of like, did it carry forth the same message? And I felt like, but it's like you you sometimes reach a point where it's like, do you want this thing to be a reality, but other people are going to change it? Like, you need help, inevitably, to do it. Or do you want to keep it perfect, but in your mind, but it might never come to a, the real world? Like, it'll always be perfect, right. but in a box. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel like that resonates with that message of, like, better done than perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I totally understand, like, where you're coming from as, like, a fellow creative. But I think I intentionally built the Don't Be Strangers branding so that it would be extremely flexible. Even with, like, the graphic designs, if you go on an Instagram page and, like, scroll all the way back, you'll see that it's, like, drastically changed because in terms of, like, brand design, the only thing that keeps the branding consistent is that I have picked two colors, yellow and green, and I don't even say, like, what shade of yellow or green. It's just yellow, green, and this like smiley face that I found. And so it's like, if you keep it yellow, green with a smiley face, I don't care what font you use. More recently, a time I did ask for some people to like volunteer their time and join my team. And I remember the first time where I was like, yeah, like make a design for me. Like we need this post. I was a little nervous because I was like, (laughs) "Uh, yeah, like it's not going to be touched by me anymore. And then they, they returned it and like, it's not how I would do it, but it is yellow, green. It has like like the smiley face and I'm like I would rather be able to be open to collaboration than to force myself to do everything alone because I really thrive on collaboration like I really love the back and forth synergy and energy through like conversation and stuff and that is more rewarding to me than to like have everything perfect and done by me you know yeah I, I would rather sacrifice a bit of like my own voice to be able to feed off of other people's energy yeah like I always worry because like there's like the Zack Snyder like Justice League as like a good example where it's like the director had a specific like thing in mind and then another director basically took over, completely changed the film. Everybody hated it. But it's like your name is now attached to something that people hate, but it got out there. And I was like, man, like making movies can be tough. Like, uh, I mean, just like other than like the process, but I was just like, damn, like being a creative can be rough. Like you could work your whole life and be like, they're like, hey, this is what you want to do. doesn't matter. We're going to pay you like, let's say $10 million to do something else and be like a Transformers movie with explosions and cars, a uh, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. And you're like, oh, but what about my dialogue? Like, people don't care about that. Here's $10 million, this movie instead. And then people are like, we hate this. And you're like, but it's not what I wanted, but it's sort of what I wanted. But uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. Is that your walls and what you're wearing matches the colors. Like, I don't know if that was intentional, but I was like, this is so on brand. <laughs> these colors and i was like i could see where you could find those colors i see yellow i see green 
For the listeners who can't see what I'm wearing, I'm wearing like this lime green sweater, and my walls are actually I didn't pick this color. They just came with the house that we bought, and like we were just too lazy to like repaint it. But it's like I actually hate this color. It's like this off sorbet <laughs> orange yellow yeah. like honestly i just wish it was like plain white so it would just makes like a more neutral background but yeah i used to have my walls back home are all white so during calls like people would make jokes like yo you should like put up a painting i was like listen man this is a rental i don't know if i'm allowed to put up a painting so i'd make a joke <laughs> and i was like yeah this is just my 15 minutes in my insane asylum you know like just enough for the call and then i go back to my full white room I was like, that's why I never show you guys the rest of the room because you guys, it's all white. It's the same thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I wanted to learn more about like just your story because you mentioned that you are from Toronto, but you're working mm-hmm. for a company based in Chicago. And then like yeah. now you're traveling. Do you mind just kind of connecting some of the dots here? Ironically, <laughs> it ties into the theme of fuck up nights because I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> it's the best way I can start. Um, I was like working for a startup in Toronto. And I was like, you know, Toronto's the best, best city in the world. I still think it's the best city in the world in the summer, just not when it's fucking cold. I was waiting for a startup, and this is back in like the blockchain space, so maybe like four years ago, 2017, 2018. And then uh, the startup basically ran out of funding. And I was like, man, I'm so stressed. I haven't taken a break. Uh, I took one like vacation to like South Korea where like my friend was like a student for like 10 days. And somehow he was a part of like an all women's university and one of like 10 guys in a 22,000 women's school. And I was like, what is going on? So I came in and this is a different world entirely. There's a bunch of international students from everywhere. Korea was amazing. So that was the only break I had. But during that time, I was so like stress free. I was walking around doing stuff. And when I quit, I was like, yo, I want to travel and I'm going to become a freelancer. Like that's what I'm going to do. I know that my company owes me a bunch of money, but who cares? I'm, I'm going to try to do it. So no plan. Uh, I was like, I'm going to sublet my apartment for six months. Let's go. I somehow lucked my way into like two contracts and I was like, all right, I'm making money a little bit. Let's like get everything done. So I was like working from home for the first time and I was like, shit, like, can I do it? I had no laptop because I was used to my work, home, like my uh, work providing me a laptop. So I was like working on my desktop computer at home and I was like, oh my God, I can't go to an office. I have to work for my home. What will I do? Uh, and then now that's literally all I do. So it's kind of funny. I ended up like joining the Wi-Fi tribe around then. And I'd heard about it from a friend or colleague. And then like I set everything up for me to go to this like Barcelona chapter for a month. And then I was like, oh my God, the chapter is full. Like once I got the funds and I was like, what do I do? And I was like, fuck it, just go anyways. Like just go. So I went and I was there for five weeks and I was just like alone. And like as a dude alone in a foreign country no one will talk to you absolutely no so you're in this big city i'm just like oh no what do i do so i did what any 24 year old or 23 year old would have done and i just went to pub crawls every night and met a bunch of people that way every night i kept doing that and then during the day i'd study and work do all this stuff so doing that for a while i joined like this costa rica chapter afterwards and it was so amazing. We were in Santa Teresa, which is a nice little beach, but it's super touristy. Everything was actually surprisingly expensive. I went into debt while there, which was really jokes. And then one of the tribers had been like, hey, man, like this company like I used to work for, they were probably like, hiring like what you're doing. Like, are you free? And I was like, single beat of sweat on my forehead, like <laughs> trying to play it cool. Like, yeah, yeah. If you want to send it over, yeah, you could. I'll send you my resume. And I was kind of like, yo, I need this. So uh, I came back homeless in debt, probably three or four grand. And I was like living at home. I was like, oh my God, life sucks. 
And then, uh, honestly, like, I had to give myself, like, a long timeline or, like, a month or two to, like, figure it out. I was like, okay, if you want remote work, you got to find it, got to do your thing. Just, I had to give myself a deadline because I wasn't finding it. I have, I still have the spreadsheets, like, maybe 137 different jobs. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm never going to find it. It's never going to happen. Like, these are 137 jobs you've applied for and no Yeah, one like, did replied. interviews for nothing. Like, it was just... It was like a lot of failure. It was a lot of failing. Oh my god! So I was yeah. just getting used to it, and I was like, "All right, whatever. It is what it is." Um, I had no problem probably finding something in Toronto, but I specifically want a remote. People come to me, they're like, "Yo, you're amazing. You're awesome." I'm like, "I know," and they're like, "But," and I was like, "All right, here we go." They're like, "But we need you in the office," and I'm like, "Nah, that's not where I'm." Was at this right all now. pre-pandemic? I'm guessing. It's like, all what, pre-pandemic. Before? So okay ironically so they came back to me that company that my friend or the driver kind of referred to me they came back for like a three-week contract they're like are you free i was like fuck yeah i'm free i need the money did it (laughs) did it for three weeks i was so panicking and the first week that i got it uh, i was living in toronto i had to rent a space for a month and we were going out i was like oh my god things are sort of like kind of getting back to normal pandemic hits march 7 march 17th 2019 and i was like i can finally oh well (laughs) It'll only be a month, right? He asked, <laughs> unknowingly. So three weeks are done. I ended up working for a firm in Croatia. And I was like, oh, that's like, they reached out to me. I was like, thank God I have like a job finally. And then they were six hours ahead. And I was like, guys, I'm going to move to Europe. No problem. This is easy. That's what I want to be doing. Pandemic never ended. Freaking Toronto locked down like six times. And, like, after three months, I was like, guys, like, I can't wake up at 6 or, like, 5 in the morning. These guys work 12 hours. So, like, whatever they're doing, they're ahead. They're probably, like, the cleanest coders I've ever seen in my life. Also the most nitpicky. But I was like, damn, these people are amazing. If I moved to Croatia, I would have lived right next to the CTO. And I would have just come to his house every day. And I would have learned a lot. But I was in Toronto six hours behind. So none of that happened. I, like, left. And then, like, the American firm got back to me. And they're like, hey, we have another contract. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing a contract. If you're going to hire me, you're going to hire me full time. And they're like, all right, we'll do it. We'll do it. And I was like, and I've been there ever since. So it's been about like two years, more or less. But we've been locked down for a lot of this. So about a year and a half off and on. And then I got into a relationship during that time. And then I was like, oh, it's still early. Let's not travel yet. And then like it got to about a year and I was getting really depressed in the winter. I was like, I'm working from home. This sucks. And I wasn't meeting as many people as I normally do. The older you get... You know, especially when you're kind of budding your career, you really want to be branching out and doing a bunch of things. And I wasn't able to do that. I felt like I was stagnating. So I was like, let's push out of your comfort zone. Like I traveled for a month to Argentina back like this year. And it was great. It's great for me. Not so good probably for my relationship, but that's okay. Because like it, I knew that this is something I wanted to be doing. Uh, I talked to my girlfriend. And I was like, listen, this is something like, you know, that when we got into this, this is what we're going to do. Like at least three or four months of the year this is what I want to do. And it kept getting deflected. And at one point, I kind of had to come to terms. I went to Amsterdam in the summer for like 10 days, chatted with one of my friends. I was like, listen, I don't know what to do. So I made a decision on my relationship. And I was like, this is a lifestyle I want to live. If that means that it's incompatible with the person, let's have a candid conversation and do our thing. We had a really vulnerable chat. We ended things, parted like, honestly, really amicably, all things considered, which was probably like a selfish maneuver on my end, but it is what it is. And then... I've been traveling ever since. Probably it's been so since early September. So now we're like a month and a half in. I've been in Sevilla, Madrid. Now I'm in Tenerife in Spain. And then we might be headed to Cape Town next for like the rest of the year. So who knows? 
It's a lot of amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Long story short. Long story long, actually. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really appreciate like the full depth of like everything you covered there. And also the vulnerability on like the how much failure you had to go through to like get to a point where you're stable. And and also like the the note on the relationship stuff too. I think that it's like so important to understand what you want and like just to be clear about it because when you said that it was like selfish, I don't think so because I feel like it's actually toxic to like keep yourself in a toxic to both yourself and your partner because basically keeping that in, having to contain the part of you that wants to do this thing like traveling or, or anything else, right? That your relationship is not permitting you to do, then you will probably just continue to like go down the the road of like depression or whatever, which will negatively impact your partner, which means you are by staying in that partnership, creating a worse circumstance for both of you. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt right here to say that if you found any of these topics interesting or relatable, please hit pause right now to give this show a follow and a rating. If you know of a friend who needs to hear what's being shared here, please take two seconds to message them this episode. It mean the world to me to be able to expand the reach of who this podcast could potentially help. So I don't think it's all. Yeah, I, it was something that I knew that it would breed resentment. And it's one thing that like everybody gets. It's nice because you get an example of a relationship with your parents. And that's kind of like a bittersweet. It comes with trauma because you get to see all the stuff that your parents don't like. And I don't mean trauma in a bad way. I mean, trauma is something could be as simple as my parents didn't make breakfast every morning for example Uh, now i want to be the person that makes breakfast for my family like that's not a bad thing it's just a little thing that you know you want to live differently it comes with the trauma but it also comes with like hey i got to see how it turned out whether you agree with how your parents maintained the relationship whether they didn't mine sort of have in this weird middle ground and like those are things that i get a chance to take away from be like i don't want that i don't want that i want that i want that resentment was definitely something i don't want especially for someone that's you know that you'd have no problem spending the rest of your life with. You're just kind of like, yeah, I don't want to bring that negativity. I don't want to ruin a person for the sake of kind of just being self-righteous, being like, oh, everybody has to come before me and all that nonsense. It's like, yeah, it'll come. But like, you have to make sure that you have lived a happy life too. Kind of on that line. I mean, like, I guess you kind of mentioned that you and your partner basically like bought a house. So like dating for you kind of, uh, I don't know how often you're digital nomad now, but I think that it's always a hot topic that people are like, well, how do you date when you're traveling? How has that changed for you? I guess like for you, you've been in your relationship for how long? Um, It's been like a little over two years, but we okay. did not buy a house. <laughs> I'm okay. actually at my parents' house. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I, I think I, I might have misheard. My bad. So one thing I, I was going to ask is I might change my, my original question because two years is a very good and interesting time. Um, and I think it's a it's an important time for every relationship. Because like there's a lot of candid questions that can come up. Do you want kids? When do you want them by? Even something as simple as like, do you care about the religion they're raised in? What if something happens in your relationship and there's a kid unexpectedly? Do you have a plan? Do you have all these things? I can tell you my perspective as a guy because I had to be the one to worry about it. I'm curious to hear your side of it. Like you're kind of in the two-year mark, which is like a significant milestone. So kudos to you. But I'm also curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah, so to preface everything, though, I think it's important to give this context that I'm actually a romantic. So I think that means that it's actually 
a bit difficult for me to understand <laughs> romance, despite the fact that I'm part of this relationship now. I think that's helped a lot. It's actually made me more empathetic. But given that romance doesn't come to me naturally, that context needs to be set because like I never sought like romance and then this happened like very naturally. And like if this ends, I'm like completely comfortable with like dying alone. For the context of the relationship, it started very naturally as like a friendship. I think maybe one or two months into it, I had like told him, oh yeah, I'm thinking about moving to China for like six months to um, further my language study. We might be doing like long distance friendship. And honestly speaking, I'm not very good at long distance, like anything. <laughs> like The friends who have stayed my friends are the ones who are okay with like us catching up once every year or a couple of years. Like, like if we can do that and it's still strong, then like that's that's how we're still friends. He already knew that like very quickly and early on into our friendship that he could have potentially lost me as a friend because who knows what the contact would have been like um, while I was there. I was planning that summer of 2020. So obviously <laughs> that didn't happen because everything shut down. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I think it was because of we were locked down that like our friendship was able to develop into a relationship because otherwise like COVID didn't happen, then I would have gone to China and then like maybe, maybe our relationship wouldn't have developed. When he confessed to me, basically he was telling someone who couldn't love them back. And then he also knew that like, I won't stay. As like an aromantic person, feeling like they've lived their entire life, like outside of the human experience, because I could not understand what romance is, I naturally have curiosity for like what this is. And also I'm an artist and like I've seen the way that romance inspires art. So like kind of selfishly, I also want to know like what sort of art I could create if I could understand this like emotion. So two things, like one, just like wanting to be part of the human experience. And then two, like what could this do potentially for my art? Like I had considered this in the past, but I would never do this to like accidentally psychologically traumatize someone by pretending I was in love with them just to get like this experience for my curiosity all that being said you know what you're walking yourself into would you want to try like an experimental relationship with me we were traveling together consistently on like the travel project that we were part of when we became friends and we did like a few trips together and we found that we were like super compatible travel partners um, which I think is pretty rare I think it's pretty special when you find like a friend who is very compatible. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am pretty like nitpicky in the way that I travel. So I don't feel like I'm generally like super compatible with most people. <laughs> and then COVID happened. We did like one really long, like crazy train trip together, I guess almost 10 days in a train across America just to get to like Portland from Dallas. Finally, when things started to like reopen back up, I did like three weeks in Chicago solo. And then I asked him to come. So he flew up for two weeks. And then that was like summer of 2021. And then after that, I joined Wi-Fi Tribe. And then I did almost three months out of the country without him. So I did like a, a month in Oaxaca. Then we, then like, you know how the chapters you typically have like a, a week or so in between. Yeah. So like we met up in Mexico somewhere else. Um, and then I did another six weeks in Playa del Carmen in 2022. I think I've only spent like a total of maybe three months here in the home base, Dallas, because I was like in Mexico City for three months at the beginning of the year with him. I told him like, because I was doing all those um, chapters in Mexico, I was like, I know how much you have a curiosity for living in Mexico. We should just move to Mexico City for two and a half months. And he had to like last minute 
job search and switch jobs so that he could get a job that would let him work remotely because I think he turned that around in like one month because I was like oh we're going to Mexico City and he was like who's we and I'm like us duh like you and me he was like well I don't know if my job can't and I was like well you just figure it out like whether or not you can come I'm going to Mexico City for three months and then you can just figure it out do you feel like that was a lot of pressure to place I don't think so because he had expressed to me previously that he would love to like move to Mexico City for an extended period of time but I think the difference between our personalities is that he is not as likely to take action like if I want to do something like it's Mm. happening um whereas like he's more of the type to be like oh yeah it would be nice to like live in Mexico City one day and I'm like okay but when (laughs) do you do you ever feel like the pressure of like okay an example so like that, that might have not happened, let's say, on that timeline. But because you, like, kind of put the situation forward, you made this person basically come, not, like, in a bad way, make, but, like, you initiated the event that they were like, okay, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And then you mentioned that, like, this person now changed jobs, potentially, which, like, I don't know the full situation, right? But that could be detrimental for someone that's not in a specific field or specific industry. Right. So I'm yeah, curious, yeah, yeah. like, do you look at it holistically from that point of view? Or do you see it in the lens of like romanticism where it's like oh it's so romantic that this person figured out a way to do this thing so we could do this thing together i would do this thing regardless of whether he could or could not have changed jobs but generally speaking we were we agreed that his last place was not good for him like mental Mm. health wise he wanted to like leave already but i felt like i just kind of applied the pressure of like okay you should leave now or soon or faster so then when when those like things happen and like after the fact do you feel like there's a there's a give and take on like responsibility of those actions, right? Like, let's say he went to Ohio, like Mexico and was like, he had traveler's diarrhea for half the time. He didn't understand the language. He felt like for whatever reason, culture shock. I mean, for, I mean, rightful reason, he didn't feel safe, even stuff like that. As someone who might be the leader of the relationship, maybe not the leader, but you know what I mean? leading that charge in this regard right like you do you feel like there's a responsibility in that surely i do look at the the situation as a whole part of the reason why i applied pressure was because he has explicitly said that he wanted to go there he's actually half mexican or like a quarter mexican and so Mm -hmm. there's like cultural ties for this reason that he wanted to go i have interest in like living in asia for example for an extended period of time but i feel less likely to like involve him in that me saying like let's move to mexico city only occurred because he had told me explicitly before that he would love to at some point to do it for like an extended amount of time. If I'm thinking like, oh, I would love to move to Taiwan, for example, temporarily, I wouldn't apply that sort of pressure on him because he has never expressed any interest in going to Taiwan or like learning the language or the culture or anything like that. Um, that maybe he would want to for like a short vacation, like maybe one week, but mm. I wouldn't be like, let's go there for like three months. Um so yeah. if I want to do that, I think there would be some sort of like planning around this. But he understands that like I need to go see the world and he wants mm-hmm. to as well. He's just not as like action oriented on that front. Mm-hmm. Because like in my relationship is pretty much the similar dynamic to swap the people. And I felt like it wasn't fair for me to place that person in an environment that their happiness or unhappiness was solely centered around me because it was a decision they didn't make like inevitably it comes down to them to say yes right and they're, per- they're buying the ticket but right. like i don't know what it is and maybe it's just like a tick or something that i have but when i thought about it 
it really felt like I was like, oh man, like I'm carrying the burden of this decision because like if they're not having fun, like that's kind of on me. And for like a friend, it's something for someone you don't know. It's definitely like a lot easier for a partner or someone you see like really seriously and really romantically. I felt like there's a lot more burden with that decision, not in like a bad way, but like I I really wanted to make sure that it wasn't just willy nilly. It wasn't just like, "Ah, I want to go because I want to like play around at a beach for a month. Like, Like it wasn't stuff like that. It was like, hey, like I'm there to, and I felt like it was much harder to find a, I was like, how do I approach this? So it's really cool that like you guys had like a little bit more of a give and take in that regard, which is super interesting. Like something important to note here is like understanding your non-negotiables like upfront in a Mm. relationship. And obviously you have to go through relationships to learn that about yourself. So I think that's like the unfortunate part is that like, people's feelings will get hurt as like both yours and your like ex-partners or whatever but like it's also important in like your personal development because maybe you wouldn't have realized how important it is you know for you to be able to travel and now the next like relationship if you look for one or if it like occurs naturally you know that that's like something you want to discuss up front hey i really need to travel at least six months a year what will that look like are you okay with that would you travel with me are you okay with just you know, not traveling with me. Mm. Ultimately, (laughs) you know what they say, like everything (laughs) happens for a reason. (laughs) Now you know better next time. Yeah, no, I mean, everybody has their journey, right? At the end of the day. But I'm always curious because sometimes we get in our own heads in a certain mindset. And it's like, basically, I mean, it kind of touches on to the idea of a a stranger, but I'll answer that question a bit later for sure. Um, But yeah, like inevitably you only have your own mind and your own frame of reference. So like the more people that you get a chance to chat with, because the pandemic actually provided a lot of relationships that roughly had the same length. A lot of people you chat with are either like, oh, a couple months in, or like, oh, we've been together for like five years. The mm-hmm. one to two year mark is such an interesting space because a lot of a lot of things can happen. And I felt like this was a great time because a lot of people I was chatting with was there in, in roughly the same time. And I was like, mm. cool, can I talk to you about my problems? So like, yeah, can I talk to you about mine? I'm like, heck yeah, like, let's figure shit out. Like, there's been like a lot of like candid exchanges, whereas normally they're like, yeah, that problem, we're over it. Or like, what? That's yeah. a problem? We should think about this? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Otherwise, normally, I, I don't think I'd be as fixated on it. But I was like, everybody's like roughly around the same time. And I'm like, let's ask a couple of questions. <laughs> right. Kind of pivoting a bit. Is there anything you'd like to wrap up before the end of this year? Oh, my God, a lot. I usually do like quarterly goals. It sounds formal, but really, it's just like a. it's somewhere between like not writing something down every day and not a year because a year might be too long or you might like write stuff that's super lofty. So I might've mentioned this, but I've been playing like Dungeons and Dragons for maybe 10 years now. I've been running a a campaign for like four years. In April, I think it's like the fourth year of me running this campaign. So we had something that we were running and then we decided, we're like, hey, let's continue it. And I was like, listen guys, if I'm gonna continue it, I'm gonna write it. Like I'm gonna publish this module, I'm gonna publish this thing. So I've been working on it for maybe like a year and a half, probably closer to two. By April, it'll be about two years. So one of the things that I wanted to do, luckily I was having a, a good chat with a couple friends about this, is originally I was gonna publish the book all as one big module, like 250 pages, art, everything style da 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 like all the bells and whistles and my friend was like dude why are you doing that why don't you just like publish one chapter at a time so we're currently wrapping up what i know to be the second chapter it's taken a lot more time 
than I thought. So what I want to do before something I want to wrap up before the year is done is I want to publish like the first three chapters of this book, really get a chance to dip my toes into that community. Because I think like down the line, it's something that is a hobby of mine, but I always wanted to be a part of not just like as watching stuff or watching content creators, but making the, the transition to true like content creation, making a name for myself as a storyteller rather than like in person people that I meet being like, I'll tell you the story of this person. This is kind of like a little bit more substantial as there is like a book tied to it. There's artwork tied to it. There's a lot of things. That's something that I, I don't know if I'd finish the entire book to be honest, but if I could publish those three chapters, I think that would be like absolutely amazing. I would like die happy at the end of the year. Like, I don't know. Like I would like, <laughs> like celebrate the year, like super happy. Actually like a really good question. Like I'm curious, like what, do, what's something, cause like we're now what we have two months ish left. Is there yeah. something that you thought you'd accomplish by the end of this year and you haven't? Not necessarily. I think like I, I just love goal setting and I also create monthly goals. So I, like yeah. you, I think it's like better than like every, every day. I feel like every three months I would, kind of lose I don't know I just like the monthly if I did quarterly then I would probably break it into months to like go with the yeah. like quarterly goals too are you self-publishing your books or how are you going around publishing them? uh yeah so it's a little complicated but basically there's a company called Wizards of the Coast and they own the IP of let's say this book the first book and so they have a site called DMs Guilds and the DMs Guild has is the only site on the internet that has a license with Wizards of the Coast. Okay. So to use their IP, you have to publish there. And oh boy, am I using their IP because I'm definitely using all the characters that they made, added my own, and made a whole like interesting, honestly, a much better story than the original thing that they made. It is what it is. So that's kind of where that's going to be. How that may look like, oh God, no idea. I still have to figure that out. I'm not an art guy, but like, oh boy, do I have to make a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of artistic decisions okay this makes a lot of sense for why you were talking about like becoming an art director <laughs> like it's tied to this project yeah like styling stuff and even like managing artists like having people create art for you which is super cool because like for me and like a friend group it's so amazing when some person thought one day like when you were a kid you would think up about fantasy things or like who you want to be like probably like when I was a kid I was like yo I want to be like Ash Ketchum like that was freaking awesome like if I could be like doing that that was amazing right so as an adult we don't get a chance to flex that kid freedom or kid creativity like mm -hmm. having a character that you create and having like amazing artwork for it is so cool because it's back to that idea that comes into reality like all this game is right. is a bunch of like make-believe and some freaking scribbles on a piece of paper right but to right. see the artwork back at you you're like i thought of this person and this person now like i get a chance to see them. like they're no longer in here they're in reality and yeah. i think like that's the fucking right. coolest thing ever that is really really dope okay answering your question things i want to accomplish <laughs> before the end of the year we're getting to the end of like october so this is like typically the time where i would review the month like review october and then like set goals for november like my goals have simplified a lot over the years because i've stopped over studying my like standards <laughs> so that i would like keep because i was tired of disappointing myself you know like like i, I I think there was like a point in my life where I was like, I will learn to Chinese fluency in one year. Obviously, that was like, well, if I moved to China, maybe, but like, yeah. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> so my goals for October were like stretch every day. I 
I think yes. I was like at this point where I was like, I want to stretch daily, but like I would say that, but like never do it. So then I was just like, mm. just make this a goal. And I have actually been able to do that. And then I think another one I'm taking a look here is finding energy balance because I feel mm. like the past couple of months I've been really, really tired. What is like draining my energy? And I know it's more than just physical because it could be. You could run into like emotional drains, right? Social drains, mental drains, physical drains, right? And when you're mm -hmm. physically tired, it feels different when than when you're mentally tired, and like vice yeah. versa. Like you could be really mentally tired, but like have physical energy to like do things. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been another one. And then the last one was like, I want to play. So just kind of going along with this idea that you were talking about in terms of like manifesting things from like, yeah, the playing with the creativity of like being able to imagine and invent things and then like pull them out of like the metaphysical world into like the physical world. It's something that I've been working on because most of my childhood, I was a digital illustrator. So I used to do that like on the regular and I think after becoming an adult and starting don't be strangers as well i've done like less and less like digital illustration and just like general mm -hmm. creative stuff and so there's been a lot of like i want to bring that back into my life and then also mm -hmm. to be able to play more within my like friendships and stuff too so to be able to mix in creativity with my friendships like how can i integrate that it's not quite like goals before the end of 2022 but i feel like my entire mission for 2022 has been like learning to unaddictify myself from mm. productivity i need to ask you the question i ask everyone which is mm. how do you define a stranger and at what point do they transition from being one to not being one i think i'm gonna go through this and luckily enough like it's so great that i get a chance to like hear some of the podcasts before i hop on this one so i get to be like ah <laughs> oh, okay i can't answer it this way i have to answer differently i'm gonna i'm gonna go about it in the way that i kind of illustrated and i and i think honestly it gets back down to mindset it gets back down to what your frame of reference is in your world and again, we are only in our own mind for so long. A stranger, in my opinion, is someone that you don't consider their existence. Like in their, in your mind, you are kind of, you're the only person you really understand. You're really the only person you know. And I think the transition becomes once you start realizing that that person isn't like, I don't want to say like an NPC, like a non-player character, or like some sort of gamified <laughs> term like that. But it like transitions from like someone that you don't know how their brain works to actually understanding how their brain works and take it from someone who has talked to probably a thousand plus people and has cold read maybe around 300 people cold reading is like you take a look at a person and you attribute all their personalities all their emotions like very quickly so i've had to do that a lot to break the ice very often so i think that that transition isn't necessarily converting them from a stranger to a non-stranger but it's actually including them be like i understand how you think that's when you're like wow okay that's no longer a stranger anymore that's somebody that i may not like even but i respect and i know that to me is like the biggest thing and as an adult it gets kind of weird because you can't approach people okay i take that back I, i've been doing that a lot here so like i approach people and i'm just like hey how's it going like what's going on because you kind of have to i think that's like that's where the the line is between the two the note on understanding how people think I feel like that can be kind of daunting. Like, how deeply do you need to understand how someone thinks to be able to consider them not a stranger? I think part of it is it's a respect factor. So, like, there's a lot of, unfortunately, we live in an age where there's a lot of pitchforks and fires on the internet. 
where if you say the wrong thing, people will attempt to take your name through the dirt instead of trying to understand you. And I think that you do that for a stranger. I was almost in a, in a fight once uh, in my own home, actually. The guy actually never wanted to fight me because he knew me. He had fought other people that were there because he didn't know them. But he took one look at me and because he knew and he understood where I was coming from, he was like, yeah, I'm not gonna like touch this guy because I don't treat him like a stranger. And sometimes that's the difference. It can be daunting and it isn't easy. But the people that make it worth your time will try to understand you because it goes hand in hand with value. You can't value someone if you don't know someone. And if you keep considering them a stranger, they're like NPCs, they're background characters. And not everybody's the main character. Like, I'm not going to lie. Anything can happen to you at any time in your life. We travel around. We sometimes go to dangerous areas. You are not a main character by any means. You are not protagonist. You don't got plot armor. Stuff can happen. You can get robbed. Anything can happen. And the moment you remove that, and the moment you understand that everybody has their own story too, that's when you can actually stop treating them like a stranger. Start treating them like a person. Because the moment you don't, you are living in a very lonely world. And that's not something I would wish on probably the most hated person in my life. And I don't have very many people that I truthfully hate. Yeah, I would never want to live that way. Oh, that would suck. I feel like your example regarding the the near fight that happened in your home was really, <laughs> really interesting. Where did these numbers come from? The 1,000 versus 300? Like the 300 people that you had to cold read? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I moved around a lot. And I think there's a point in every guy's like life where you have to know how to approach like women in general. If you're born with skills or talent, you can kind of like get away with it. I was luckily or unluckily enough not to be born with those skills. So I had to learn. You come up with creative ways really to connect with people that, to be honest, don't like playing Dungeons and Dragons, don't like reading fantasy books, don't like software development. So you find little things that instead of like trying to be like, oh, well, that person isn't valuable to me. I'm like, if you don't see value, make value. Crack a joke. Try something. Say something that's been on your mind for a while. That's where like the numbers come from. And it's also because honestly, like one of the things I would have loved to do, I would definitely recommend checking out this like uh, YouTube channel. It's called Social Animal. This guy travels around, just like motivates people to go approach people. And it's just like so cool. Like sometimes he just walks up and has a conversation. And I think that those numbers kind of extend from me wanting to like, if I see somebody that's a little bit unsure and I see a lot of guys that might be older than me or younger than me, and they're kind of a little worried about this. I'm like, dude, you have to. This is, We don't live in a world where it's fair. You have to approach people because unfortunately I've lived it. And that's where the numbers come from. Because sometimes people are like, well, have you done it? I'm like, dude, I've been doing it every day. Trust me. It's not easy. So when I come up with this, they're like, okay, that sounds like a reasonable number. I'm like, a million people? No, nobody knows a million people. But like a thousand? <laughs> Heck yeah. Have I had to have a lot of conversations that are pretty bad? Heck yeah. Has that numbered pretty high? Yeah. But sometimes people respect the fact that you're very candid about it. By me saying, hey, I failed 137 jobs before I got my current job. People are like, wow, like that's so specific. You can't be lying. Like, right? Like, like, <laughs> it's just like, I know because I updated it every day. So it's stuff yeah. like that where people are like, huh, this guy's grinding. And I'm like, yeah, trust me. I'm failing a lot. <laughs> um, what are your some of your pro tips for being able to create value and connect with people, considering that you've had a lot of practice and you had to like learn? It's something that I was learning recently. Like I go out a lot to let's say like bars or clubs, and it's very easy to not care about the people around you. You can look around and be like, well, that person looks like this way, so I'm going to judge them. Making value is overcoming that initial judgment. And I'm heavy on the J in the, uh, the Myers-Briggs. So I have to deprogram that from me so that I could be like, well, you know what? I like her earrings. 
Let's just say, hey, I like your earrings. Nothing more. That's all I want to do. And sometimes, like, that could make their day. That could be like, hey, wait, where are you going? I'm like, no, that's really all I wanted to say. And like, oh, well, where are you from? Where's this? Da, 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 da. And you start a conversation with someone. Part of it is also understanding that you have value too. The moment you chat with someone, you're going to start seeing that. And sometimes people won't, but a lot of people will. When you're unafraid to say, hey, I don't know if we like the same stuff, but hey, what color is your doorknob? And like, why the are you asking me this question? They're like, I don't know. Because why not? Like, <laughs> Because like, it would be a, a nice icebreaker. Because it would be like, hey... Do you think a beach could be made of all rock? Is it still a beach? Or can it only be a beach if it's made of sand? And like, people are like, what the, why are you thinking about this? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I think about a lot of things. So like, that's where it's like value because I don't care necessarily about trying to get something out of the person. I'm really there for a conversation. If that happens to align as something amazing, 11 on 10. If it happens to be that I get to know the color of some person's doorknob, cool. I'm like, that's the question I decided to ask with. That's the answer I got. Like, you got me. Because like, I think a lot of people have programmed responses. You ask somebody how your day is, they're like, good. And I'm like, no, really. And then you see their shoulders go from this to drop. And they're like, well, actually, this happened. And I'm sitting there in a line of Starbucks for like four minutes. And somebody's like, tell me about the day. And I'm just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what's this going on? That's where the value can come from. And the value doesn't have to be just for you. The value could have just been for the other person. Like my roommate, Sevilla, was like, yeah, you have to generate karma points. Do good things, you generate karma points. I don't believe in the karma stuff, but I was kind of like, yeah, it's just do good to do good. That's it. Well, I love that. We need more people like you. <laughs> I was so scared. So I was like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. I don't know. Anything works. Just try anything. <laughs> yeah, it's very optimistic because I think at the end of the day, um, I feel like the theme of this conversation is who cares about failures because like we're going to learn from it. So like the more you fail or the more you try and then potentially fail because you're trying a bunch of different things, you also statistically increase your like success rate. But also do good just to do good. Yeah, it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Isn't that incredible? Because I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in our heads calculating how others view us. If we do a person a favor, if we should expect something in return, and the list goes on and on. So this is just your reminder to keep it simple and be the excellent person you already are. As I mentioned in the intro, I only have one episode left from last year before I'm ready to hit 2023 running. For me, New Year's is never truly in full swing until Chinese New Year's. I don't know why. I think I kind of like the second chance to properly get things started. In terms of podcasting, I'd love to try being a guest on other people's podcasts more this year. I've loosely had the chance with two previous co-hosts who are podcasters themselves, but maybe it's time to expand my borders and actually apply for things? If you run a podcast or know of any friends who run podcasts and think I could potentially be a guest for, please reach out at Don't Be Strangers on Instagram. If there were any notable quotes in this podcast, could you write them to me or grab a little recording and send it my way? You can do it via Instagram, as mentioned previously, or write to me via the website, don'tbestrangers.club. I'd be really curious to hear what lines resonate the most with people. In line with Chinese New Year's, I'm wishing you health and prosperity in this upcoming lunar year. Until next time, don't be a stranger.